0: Let's try this again. As you wish. Zathrus came with us to Babylon 4. Yes. Zathras stayed in the past with Valor. Yes. You're Zathras. Yes. Therefore, you went into the past. No, that was not Zathrus.
1: That was Zathras. There are ten of us. All of family Zathras. Each one named Zathras. Slight differences in how you pronounce. Zathras. Zathras. Zathras, you are seen now.
0: There are ten of you?
1: Yes. Uh, well, nine now. Zathras
0: warned Zathras, but Zathras never listened to Zathras. Now, we're going to tell you the truth. And we're going to keep telling it until they shut us down or until President Clark steps down and returns Earth to the hands of its people. You can kill us. You can bomb our colonies, destroy our ships, murder innocent civilians, but you cannot kill the truth. And the truth is back in business.
1: That's restrained. Crisis management.
2: When Garibaldi becomes a gun for hire. Of course, it means going up against your own security
3: team. The battle between old friends eats up. You're playing a dangerous game, Captain. On an all
0: new? Battle
4: of Five.
0: You have transmissions holding.
4: Batch incoming signal. Full audio and video decode.
0: Purple files accessed.
2: What you are about to see never been shown to anyone outside the breakhouse.
1: back everyone to gray 17 we are back with another episode of babylon 5 this week we are going through conflicts of interest for those of you that are just joining us we are a group of longtime fans of babylon 5 who managed to con a bunch of our friends into joining us to watch babylon 5 for the first time and we go through each week watching episode by episode and then we hear from our newbies offering their first impressions and then get into a discussion of the episode so this week We are missing Scott. He is currently traveling and could not find a closet big enough to record in with good acoustics. So you are stuck with me. My name is Blake and I am going to be hosting our show this evening. And with me is Nicole, Justin, Emily, Kevin, and Jesse. And normally here is when we would offer up a review that has been left, but we don't see any reviews that have come in since our last recording. Uh, For those of you that are listening to us, feel free to Give us a review on your podcast app of choice. Apple does tend to be the predominant one, so if you want to give us a review on there, we do appreciate five stars. Even if you're going to tell us how much we suck, give us five stars and then tell us how much you hate us. And you might just get your review read here on the podcast. Since we don't have a review tonight, we're going to jump straight into our synopsis. And Jesse, I believe you have a take on this week's synopsis for us.
5: I do. Um, Garibaldi takes on a new job. The Resistance Counter Propaganda Broadcasts begin. Sheridan proposes a new plan to protect the non-aligned worlds from the raiders, and Zathras—I mean, sorry, Zathras—makes an appearance.
1: Ah, uh, the Zathras. So let's go huh? ahead. Not, not Zathras. The other. Not
5: Zathras, but Zathras. Oh,
1: no,
4: no, no, no. Oh no, no, no.
2: Can you imagine what though if was- there was ten Scots?
4: Oh, for fuck's sake! Dear God, no. <laughs> well, only nine now. But I don't. I don't want ten of any of those.
5: Hey, uh, ten of me would be pretty fucking. It's a, it'd be a good time. Look sure. at Blake's face.
1: <laughs> sure, it would be, Jesse.
5: Fuck off, Blake. Blake, before he <laughs> even could fucking process that, he was like, oh, yeah, no, not at all. I, hey, I will give clearance also-
4: to 10 Emily's and 10 Mike's, and that that's, that's as far as I'll go.
5: Yeah, I would take 10 Emily's. 10-
3: 10 Jessies would be Death Squad Alpha, and you just send them into any hostile situation. Just
5: Waco would have lasted two days instead of...
3: I've, yeah, Death
4: Squad Jesse. You just go to town. I've, I've managed not to piss Jesse off all these years, but 10 of them, I'm I'm pretty sure I'd tick off one of them. Well, I at least I'm giving it a try sometime, Kevin. It's an experience. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Thank you. And for those of you that are disturbed
1: by Kevin making those noises, <laughs> feel free to leave a comment below.
4: Oh, Zathers is so much fun to uh, have fun with.
1: Let's go ahead and jump to our newbies and get their first impressions. And let's start off with Justin. I mean, this was a good episode. It didn't have, to me, a whole lot of meat to it. But
3: what was there was pretty, was pretty decent. I missed the last recording uh, with lines of communication. But I kind of enjoy the fact that they're kind of starting this whole kind of pirate radio network. And they're getting that up and running. To me, Garibaldi didn't seem to be quite as dickish in this episode, and I wasn't really sure what was going on. He's obviously, to me, still being manipulated by whoever he's working with. This whole telepath uh, syndrome situation, I've definitely got thoughts about later. And then um, Jakar and Londo agreeing on anything... You know, let alone trying to possibly maybe allowing something to happen together uh, with this whole lo- allowing the White Star fleet to patrol the Borderlands, to me, was even actually even a more interesting development. And I'll probably have more thoughts on that later. But overall, not an A-plus episode. I would definitely give it maybe like a solid B, but not the worst thing I've seen this season.
1: And how about Nicole?
2: I liked this episode. We had a glimmer of hope in the beginning that old Garibaldi was coming back when he had that moment of tenderness with the guy whose daughter he found. That was really sweet. And just kind of seeing the old caring Garibaldi made me happy. And then the switch flipped when Zach took his shit away and he was like, well, if you would ask me this the other day, no, but now, yep, I'll take him on. And I was like, damn it. Old new jerky Garibaldi's back. So it was nice to see Decent Garibaldi for a little bit. I also enjoyed the Jakar Lando agreeing, which was kind of hilarious. They even were like, well, I can't believe I'm going to agree with you. But I agree, you know, so that was kind of fun. And then I'm super excited to see the bootleg TV station grow because, you know, broadcasting. But what a great idea to go down to Epsilon three. And then, I mean, anytime we see Zathras is always fun. So that was cool. Um, and then, yeah, I just overall, I think it was a pretty good episode. Um, You know, it was interesting that the woman was Garibaldi's love interest. And I want to know what the hell she said on the damn message he deleted. That kind of like is going to drive me nuts till the end of eternity because we're probably never going to know. Oh, and just seeing Ivanova get frustrated with Zathras was quite hilarious as well. I think this one is another one that just kind of moved the story along. Uh, Maybe not as much meat as some of the others and as much action as some of the others. But I definitely feel like it was an integral part of moving the story along.
6: And Emily? I have to agree that it was, like, a decent episode, but not one of the best ones. I did appreciate the explanation for Zathras, because I had been confused for a while if that was a name, a species, or what the hell was going on with the Zathras, and now we know. Um, and yeah, I was really hopeful when I was like, oh, good guy Garibaldi's back, and then he left again. And how he deleted that message without hearing it, I, that bothers me. That's That's going to irritate me unless somehow he talks to her again and she tells him what was on that message. It will forever irritate me. I need to know what the message said. And Jesse, It was a fine episode.
5: I do like how Ivanova is more lighthearted in this one. She's more playful. um, A little bit more of the season one and two Ivanova, where she was you know she joked around a lot i liked seeing zathras a lot and i'm i'm digging the uh, news channel that they've got going i like it
1: now normally we go over to our first ones now but today we have the first one kevin
4: so this is a good one i think it's it's slightly on the lackluster side as far as you know meat to it, but it's a good solid episode. I like the Garibaldi stuff. Uh, I like the stuff with Ivanova quite a bit. This was a a little bit of a growth episode for Zach, which I liked. Not having the usual suspects, uh, you know, in this this one as much. There wasn't that much Sheridan. There wasn't that much Delan. There wasn't very much Londo and Jakar it was really centered upon you know the the rest as we've talked about that's that's a nice change of pace I especially like the humanization and characterization of of Garibaldi in this one with you know the juxtaposition of the conflict with his his old life. his new one and showing that uh you know he he hasn't changed that much because he still's got that that good heart in there so yeah i i think this episode is is fine it uh it's not certainly not bad
1: i agree i i like this episode i don't think it's one of the great episodes that's out there but i do like it i also think it's interesting that scene with Ivanova and zathras uh, this is one of those kind of examples in this show. That's a solid four-minute uncut scene with that kind of fast back-and-forth dialogue and everything they did. The skill that it does for the actors to do that and to film that is a single uncut shot without screwing it up, out, not flubbing it. Beasted, this show had a higher quality of actors than I think a lot of people give it credit for. And that is one of the scenes for me that stands out with it. But also seeing Lee's come back into the picture with this, adding a little bit more Depth and almost complication to Garrett to the Garibaldi storyline with her reappearance. Uh, cause she has shown up before. We've seen that uh, flashback footage with at uh, least before in the show. So I'm looking forward to seeing more how that goes. Cause as even Scott's mentioned, for the most part, us first ones are not really watching ahead with this. We're trying to go, uh, week by week with the newbies as well. And it's kind of an interesting thing re experiencing the show how we did the first time through. I think Kevin would probably agree. I think Kevin's watched forward a little bit. I have still trying to watch it as, you know, weekly serial with you all, which is how we saw it the first time through uh, when we watched it. So let's go ahead and jump into our discussion. I see a hand raised already in our little uh, group. Justin, what have you got? I just actually just real quick wanted to
3: give a shout out to the special effects on this episode, though. One thing I really noticed, and I know we've kind of touched on it a couple times between um, as the kind of the, the series has progressed on about how the budget's gotten a little bit better. The sets have gotten a little bit better and the special effects have definitely gotten a whole lot better um, than it was back in season one. But a couple cool things that I really noticed in this episode that. Stuck out to me, and I kind of wanted to uh, drop a little bit, was the scene with the shuttle going down to Epsilon 3. Originally, and even in a lot of TV shows, like when you see a show, when you see a craft go into the atmosphere, it just kind of goes in and then flies off. You actually sh- saw the nose of the shuttle glowing bright red from the atmospheric insertion. And like even when it was going in like the it, into the dark cavern, you still saw the nose of that shuttle glowing. And that really stuck out to me because that is like the depth and detail that they're starting to get into about, you know, yeah, you're getting a lot of all that atmospheric drag. And even if you, you know, I've listened to some books by and, and read some books by, you know, past astronauts and stuff like that, especially Mark and Scott Kelly's work. And even like when coming in off the space shuttle, When how the the whole bottom of that is just glowing bright red when it enters the atmosphere and to see that kind of same thing with the shuttle I thought was like very subtle, but also very kind of cool to see as something that sticks out and then that top down view. Of Babylon 5 when that craft, when Lisa's craft is coming in in between the two forks, and you kind of see it all from above the station as it's entering in there. That's just something that really kind of stuck out to me as like a very new, different perspective on how they're kind of recording a lot of the station exteriors. And though that's just something I wanted to kind of bring up and give a lot of credit to the um to like the directorship of that episode because it was just kind of like oh wow something that really s- stuck out
4: to me Kevin. so blake you mentioned that scene with ivanova and with zathras and i just want to add a little bit so when david eagle the director of this episode one of the main directors for the show and as you know a regular uh crew member he was asked about this later he couldn't remember if it was his idea or jms's idea to do this as one take with no cuts but they were in total agreement about it and so they they warned the actors ahead of time with you know a couple of days notice or more hey you're gonna really need to you know know your lines and run this through so they you know they rehearsed it and did a bunch of takes but it was actually the second take that they ended up using because it was uh by far the best and. It's it's really uncommon in a show like this to do, you know, a four-minute scene with no cuts. They said it was like doing dinner theater, and they were pretty excited to do it, which that's another great thing about the show is that it seems like the actors are pretty agreeable to doing stuff that they think is going to work or would be, you know, different and fun, and you don't see that on every type of show either. Uh, which is kind of cool. This cast and crew certainly did great things, absolutely wonderful things with the less they had to deal with than, you know, a major uh, major um, network or or studio show would have been able to have. Okay, so we've
1: talked about the uh, four-minute scene with Ivanova and Zathris and the special effects. Anywhere else anyone wants to jump in on this? I see Jesse's hand up, so let's jump to Jesse.
5: Okay, so I want to talk about Garibaldi. I'm... <laughs> Still super frustrated with this whole thing because at first it was like, oh, okay, we're we're getting back to the kinder, gentler Garibaldi, who's not a huge fucking asshole. Um, and then Zach comes in, asks him for his, you know, his ID and his beep beep thing. What are they called? Link. Thank you. His link. I
3: like beep beep better.
5: Um, and then his and then his firearm. And Garibaldi acts like an absolute ass, like he wasn't the head of security and doesn't know the protocol and know exactly what is supposed to happen when you are no longer working for them. So it it just the whole thing like rubbed me the wrong way. I was not a big fan of the way that he acted. He continued to act like that asshole that we've seen in the previous episodes. And it's just like, again, I know we talked about this like two episodes ago, but it makes me uncomfortable because I hate it. Like I really, really enjoy his character and I have since day one. And now all of a sudden he's acting like a giant douchebag and I'm not a huge fan.
1: Justin.
3: Regarding Garibaldi himself, I mean, I really can't blame him for acting that the way that he did. I I guess not blame him is not the operative term that I want to use, but I guess I'm not surprised because yeah, sure. He's not going to give up his credentials. He's not going to give up his firearm. He's not going to give up his Lincoln once he absolutely has to. So the fact that he still has it even Sheridan was like taking it back, being like, uh, Zach, why haven't you bothered getting this yet? That's I guess where not a flaw in Zach's character per se, but I almost wanna be like maybe a sign of a little bit of weakness in Zach as the new head of security, to where he's letting his personal attachments kind of dictate how he kind of still reacts in some situations because he's still even admittedly to Sheridan, Zach is still be like, well, he's going to come back. So he why bother taking him it away from him? And he yeah. keeps calling him chief when he's no longer technically a chief. Yeah. And you can tell Zach was very unhappy about having to go to Garibaldi and collect, collect his shit. And Garibaldi responded exactly how I even think regular garibaldi would have responded in that situation kind of act a little bit shitty because well of all people i was kind of hoping it was like garibaldi knew that this was going to happen but he was disappointed it was zach who came to do it he still hoped zach would still be quote unquote loyal and send somebody else to do it instead of coming to do it himself and i think that's part of what kind of when garibaldi was referring to later like, if you would have asked me yesterday if I would have done anything against any of these security guys, I would have said no. But now I'm going to say yes, because now he feels like the one person who he never felt like would turn his back against him, in his mind, has done it in in, in Zach, that now he doesn't feel like he has anything left to lose in terms of acting against the best interests of the station. And I, and I guess I was kind of like everybody else, where, like, that first scene with the dad and his daughter, and I'm like, okay, you know what? He's not really that dickish today. Okay, I can I can get behind this. And then he just goes back. And then it's kind of back and forth though. Because then when he's dealing with lease and he's trying to like protect people and help people out and stuff like that, you kind of still, even when they're running away from the attack, you still see a little bit of the old Garibaldi. Like he could have very easily shot that guy in the face when he stuck his head up into the in the air vent. And then he and he didn't. So like there's still, you know. Like Anakin Skywalker, there's still some good in him somewhere. It just doesn't come out all that often. So that's all I got to say about that.
5: Can I respond to something Justin said real quick? The issue that I have with him being pissed off that Zach came and he's like, well, I just didn't expect it to be you. You're asking him to to compromise his integrity. And that's what issue that's like that issue that I take with it as as an officer. Even more so as the head of security, your integrity is your first and foremost, biggest attribute. Like that is the way that you do your job, the reason you do your job, how you do your job. And the fact that you don't let anybody compromise your why or your, the reason you do your job because you do it for integrity. And so he's asking him like, come on, man, like, I, you know, I want to keep my gun. I'm going to keep my gun. And I just didn't think it was going to be you. He's the head of security. He should have done it from day one. The very first thing that they do when somebody gets fired or gets walked out is they take their badge and their gun. Nobody gets to keep that shit. You don't get to walk out with it and act like a big, bad cop. That's not how this works. So the fact that he even got to keep it longer than he did is like asking Zach to act against his position and against his job and against the best interest of Babylon 5. Like it's, I don't know, it it irritated me a little bit. I mean, I
3: 100% agree with you, Jesse. I think from day one, the moment he quit, he should have turned in everything. Absolutely. And that's where every cop drama or anybody who's in law enforcement in real life will say the same thing. The moment you're suspended or the moment you leave the position, you immediately turn in everything and that's said and done. Yes, that's what should have happened. I kind of see where Garibaldi was coming from because he kind of maybe had right or wrong. He kind of had this mentality I'm the one who got you to where you are. Yeah. I'm the one who brought you. But still, like he he was oh. expecting some degree mm-hmm. of loyalty from Zach. And right. whether you call it professional courtesy or whatever you want to call it, he was still because, hey, I'm responsible for you being in the position that you're in. Maybe you can kind of cut me a little bit of slack, I think is the whole reason why he was then mad when Zach had to come to him in, in that in. In that circumstance i'm not saying that garibaldi was in the right. right i'm just saying i can kind of see his mentality behind it but oh, that right there mind. is
5: why bad cops get to be bad cops bad cops get to be bad cops because they expect their partners to also not not be bad cops, for them but and go all along with yeah. the bad cop bullshit. right that's the the thin blue line like we're brothers in the job like my job is my personality no your job is to serve and protect Your job is not to, you have no, like, listen, I, I get it. I understand, but it's not like my job is to make sure that I'm serving and protecting. Above and beyond your my loyalty to you is not the first priority, and I know you're not saying that that, but that's why it irritates me because that's what he was asking. You're hundred percent right. He was asking for that professional courtesy, aka let me do things that I'm not supposed to, and that's just not how we roll. Like you, you get on board and you get right, or you don't, you get left. So.
1: Well, and in furtherance that we're seeing a different Garibaldi here. Keep in mind, we've seen Garibaldi resign once before. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Shadow of Zaha Doom, Garibaldi resigned as well as other members of security, uh, because it was the Night Watch thing. Mm-hmm. And Garibaldi walked in and they handed over their gun, their link, and their ID. Then. Immediately. Um, yeah. Immediately. So he knew the protocol with it.
5: He does. That um, was my
6: yes.
1: But that's my issue. It, I think it. that goes to, we're we're playing with a Garibaldi with a different deck of cards here yes. uh, in this season than what we were seeing in, in the Shadow of Zaha Doom.
2: Right. Nicole. I'm kind of with you on that, Jesse. It kind of pissed me off that Garibaldi did that because he knew better. Anytime you watch a cop movie, a a cop drama, they always hand in their badge and gun and then they go on their merry way. You know, whether it's quitting, suspended, whatever. Like, he knows better. And he thought he was going to pull one over on Zach and guilt him into letting him keep it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's normal Garibaldi. I think regular Garibaldi probably would have handed a shit in and know, okay, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's obvious that it's not. I'm going to call him fake Garibaldi because this is fake Garibaldi. The thing that pissed me off the most is he made Zach feel like shit about it. And all Zach is doing is doing his job. Because when you sign up to be either a police officer or in the military or whatever, you take orders from your superior, bottom line. And that is what Zach is doing. And Garibaldi knows that because Garibaldi was in that role. So the fact that he fucking shit on Zach about that really kind of made me mad because Zach didn't deserve that. And Zach didn't want to do it, but also Zach should have done it from the very beginning or Sheridan should have done it from the very beginning. Actually, no, Garibaldi should have done it himself and turned his shit in. Mm -hmm. That's what should have happened, you know. So that whole thing really kind of pissed me off, too, because it's just like, okay, how much do you think you can get away with? Like, you're not above the law. You know what I mean? So that made me mad. And then. I'm with you on the uncomfortable thing, because as you guys know, Garibaldi has been one of my favorite characters from the very beginning. I fucking love him. It breaks my heart to see him being such a dick weasel. Like it really upsets me. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. When we had that glimmer of hope in the beginning when he was being sweet to the guy and the daughter, like it made me so happy because I was so excited. I'm like, oh, my God, maybe he broke the curse or whatever's hypnotizing him, maybe he's back, and then bam. And the whole thing with Lise, I mean, it's obvious he still loved her and still cared about her, so he wasn't going to let her die. I I forget who said it about when he's helping people, and in the moment, I feel like old Garibaldi comes back. You know what I mean? But this fake Garibaldi is got to go. And then at the end, when he decides to go work for the asshole who married the love of his life, like, come on, man. Like, it's just... It's so out of character for him. You know, he would have basically if it was normal Garibaldi, he probably would have told I got to fuck off. You know what I mean? I just want him to to come back from whatever it is that is controlling him and making him act the way he is, because it's just uncomfortable. I don't like it. And it makes me really sad.
6: Emily. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all that. And I was really frustrated that he almost seemed offended that they didn't trust him. Like, dude, you did that shitty ass interview and whether or not what he said was accurate, like he used to be in the circle. He knows what damage they will do. And he just went out there and like blasted shit. And then he's going to sit there and act offended that Zach's like, these are the rules and we abide by them. Like he was supposed to get special treatment and maintain his level of position in the group without being a part of the group anymore. It was, it was really frustrating to watch. And it doesn't seem like the Garibaldi that we knew so i don't know if this is part of the manipulation <laughs> and was anyone else wondering if that job offer was actually from the edgar's guy or if it was somebody else trying to scam him and he's just like yeah i'm interested like no mm, trust because you're gonna try and get your girl back or what's going on here dude right i just think he wants it, off babylon 5
1: is it all part of the programming and and I'm laughing because in our Discord group with our Beyond the Rim section of Discord, uh, someone actually sent in a comment this morning on the Discord on the Beyond the Rim portion of wondering if Emily's trust issues were going to come into play this episode. <laughs> so, Emily, you have not disappointed Look, our viewers. The trust issues are present.
6: I do not know what trust issues you all keep
0: Bringing hmm. up. And, mm. well, to weird, be fair, it's mostly Scott it up. That
6: may be happening. I don't know where you're all getting this.
1: Mm. <laughs> and if you would like access to our Discord, you can join our Patreon and get access to the warped world that is unfettered access to Discord, where many of us comment and post, and you can see gems like that one.
6: For what? The low, low price of $3 a month. <laughs> what are the levels?
1: Oh God. If I know <laughs> I go go read our Patreon. Oh, God.
6: Oh, I'm sorry, God. how do I find our patreon
5: again?
1: the, what's in the, the email that, below.
5: What's the email that I send my um complaints to?
1: This is where Scott has an aneurysm.
5: Yeah, he's gonna kill me.
1: It's fine to kill all of us. Okay. So we've talked hey. about Mr. Garibaldi and the differences there. Anyone else have some thoughts on this episode they want to share or discuss about this one?
6: Where's Veer? MS Veer. I don't know. He I haven't seen him in a while. I I need Veer.
1: So Emily needs some veer in her life.
6: I, I started
5: do. watching season four from the beginning again. And I feel like I saw a lot of veer
4: in the beginning,
6: but I have you're right. We haven't seen him in a while. Right, because Londo showed up. I'm like, hey, it's Londo. We haven't seen him in a bit.
4: So when when Garibaldi and Lee and the other guy whose name escapes me at this second, Wade. Wade. Wade, thank you. Uh were in the ducks and uh, they're getting uh shots through the ducks. Did anyone have major diehard uh uh oh, yeah. from that, especially because uh Doyle looks so much like Bruce Willis?
6: I still haven't seen Die Hard.
4: Oh, my God. Okay. Yippee-ki-yay,
1: motherfuckers.
0: <laughs>
1: Nicole.
2: Oh, yeah. I did have my hand up, didn't I? Did. Um, <laughs> so I just want to bring up, this is a it was a very short part of the show, but the newscast that Ivanova did, she fucking slayed. Like, mm-hmm. I wrote down Ivanova slayed in capital letters and exclamation point because it was so good. She was the perfect person to do that. I want to see more of that, and I'm interested to see what kind of impact that's going to make but i thought their first broadcast was really good and i thought she just did so well and it was it was like almost like a power move you know like i just really enjoyed that so i just wanted to give a shout out to that for sure
3: justin 100% agree nicole if if we're good at, my hope for the future is we get like a little broadcast at some point in each episode and that's probably going to become one of my new favorite parts of each episode is the little, you know, voice of the resistance pirate radio broadcast and just, because yeah, that's even like with that. And then going back to where even Sheridan was talking about during her war broadcasts, she has even within the character or just Claudia Christian in general has that really good anchor personality. And I think that it's, I, I, yeah, I, I can't, I like, I want to watch more of that. If there's the whole episode, Like like we got with the ISN thing. If there's a whole episode of just like her broadcasting shit, I'll be one hundred percent behind it.
2: What was everyone's thoughts on the like? I guess other newbies on the Londo Jakar White Star preliminary border patrol
5: thing. How did you guys feel about that? Did they agree? Because I know that we saw them talking about it, but did we ever see a decision? No, and. I
2: think at first they were both like, it's going to look like a power move and it's going to give the wrong signal. But then when he explained it, what I assume is that they got on board and it's going to happen, but I don't know for sure. But Mm -hmm. I guess my question is, do you guys think it's the right move or the wrong move? And how cool was it that Jakar and Londa were in agreement? I don't know
5: enough about it to say if I agree with it or not. I do believe that it could be potentially taken as a sign of aggression. And that's why I I liked that they both agreed on that. That's fine that your, your intent behind the act is to only show up when somebody calls or needs you, but we've all seen kind of how that could go. And then you just end up in the area that you haven't been asked to go to. So it could be potentially. And I like that they both agreed on that, I guess is I can, that's as far as I can go on the did I like it or not? Uh, Justin said that he would like to see a whole episode of Ivanova doing the news um, show. I would like to see just an entire episode, which I know I'm, we're sure, I'm sure we're not, but of just Franklin and Marcus, just the whole damn episode. Because <laughs> I know we talked about that before, like how good their chemistry is and how they're friends, you know, in real life and all of that. But like, I just love the way that they are together mm-hmm. on screen and i i want more every single time i see them i want more of it
1: so jesse i can't give it to you in babylon 5 um, and you'll have to wait till after we're done with the series but there are videos on youtube from conventions where jason carter and uh richard biggs would do workshops together with fans
5: <laughs> that's it, and, the, just the chemistry alone yeah. and the way that they bounce off of each other it's it's phenomenal
1: yeah and some of those sessions they did with fans have that exact same chemistry um those two were very close friends and uh, the chemistry they had so once we're done watching through the series jesse
4: i will get you some of those youtube links uh, that awesome. you can watch some of those videos we did Thanks. just have a video posted on the grace 17 facebook of jason carter doing uh i am the very model and talking about him singing that in the episode Mm -hmm. and so apparently you know the the director uh yelled cut at one point he's like oh absolutely not i'm doing the whole damn thing i'm doing both (laughs) verses because i learned it so i'm gonna do it and so i guess i guess they had he had a lot of fun with that uh and to the point where if you listen to that episode i think it's i think it's two episodes ago where he's he's singing that i think it was it was racing mars wasn't it where they were uh the one before that the, the, one the before end of that. the one before yeah. it yeah. it was the buddy yeah. comedy when they're on their way to it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so anyhow he's you know he's singing that and they yell cut and to the point where they put it in the uh the the end credits. If so if you mm-hmm. if you go back and watch that episode, yeah and listen I, to the I end did, credits, you all could... all it is is just Jason Carter kind singing I am the very model. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. funny.
3: Justin. Well, what was I gonna say? It was in response to the question Nicole asked. Oh. Nicole, what was the question that you asked?
2: What you thought of um the White Stars doing the border patrol. Oh, and uh, and that was a good idea.
3: Yes, 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 yes. I think that's going to end up being a very important scene going forward because, for the first time since Jakar's capture and torture and their overthrowing Cartagia, and so the for the for the first time since all of that went down, you have a situation now to where they're being forced to be in the same room together for an important purpose and realizing, you know what? And even Sheridan referred to your each individual empires. Like, so now they're, they're once again, equals on the station. And I think it's going to be very poignant going forward because they had to come together and agree against Sheridan about how this may not be the best situation uh, for, for everybody. But at the same time, i think they ended up agreeing to go along with it and the fact that they're both agreeing to allow a third party to patrol their borders and stuff like that to me is going to end up being huge to where now you see maybe not i i really don't think they're ever going to be friends but you're going to see maybe a little bit of of a thawing of the ice between londo and jakar
0: Mm.
1: I think it's an interesting dynamic with Lando and Jakar right now because we, we saw that episode when they got back to B5 and it was, you're dead to me. You're, mm-hmm. Your race is dead to me. So I think it's an interesting, because in earlier in the series, it, it was a sheer hatred between the two that just got worse. And I think now it's a different dynamic. Uh, even Jakar in the episode when they freed, Mar- or freed Narn was, you know, pity them. They're a dying race. And I think you you see that in the mannerisms with Jakar when he's in like this scene in particular with Londo. Emily,
6: this is to answer nicole's question i'm wondering how feasible it really is for the white star to patrol multiple borders since delin had to go back because there's obviously problems within the minbari government and society and will they end up needing the white stars for stuff back home so committing to protecting other regions might not be the me- best move and the keepers are already on centauri prime so how's that going to work out like, is Londo aware that the Keepers are already on Centauri Prime controlling things, or is he still in the dark about it?
3: I don't think he knows yet. I still think he thinks he's in charge of Centauri Prime. I agree with that. He may be in for a rude
1: awakening soon. Just so you got your hand up? I was <laughs> just okay. waiting to see if anyone else had any thoughts on that one, since it was still kind of rolling.
5: Right, so to, to touch on Justin's comment about Londo... In Jakar's relationship and the ice thawing, Justin. If you took out my eye or you had anything to do with me losing my eye, there's probably no amount of fucking fire in the world that's gonna thaw that ice. I just like when he walked into the house or into the into the office when um, Londo was sitting there. You could see like he was like, "Now fuck this, I'm out." And it, and it, you know, Sheridan even had to say, "Hey, like I need you both here. Can you please stop acting like that and just at least listen?" So I don't i would love to think that we live in some you know perfect world where they're going to be friends someday because i do really enjoy i really enjoyed Jakar, i really enjoyed londo at first so yeah in our perfect world it would be really great if they were friends but i don't think that they ever will be like if anything that any of you know your family had to do with me losing my eye we're out like i'm probably never going to hang out with you again
3: justin Oh, make no mistake. I'm under no illusion that they will ever be friends again. Right. That is not even in a, in the realm of possibility for me. Right. My whole thing is that by forcing them to come into the room together and work together as equals, yeah. even though they may not ever be and honestly, I it would be the shock of the century if if like they all of a sudden became buddy buddy again like we saw very early on in the in the series yeah. to a degree. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if at least a degree of cooperation starts to develop to where they can actually work together, even though they may still hate each other. I think more of Jakar hating Londo and rightfully so. Right. More than Londo probably having more pity on Jakar than anything else. And maybe, it may, be, it may be regret to a degree, but I think it's going to maybe if, Absolutely no friendship, but the thawing of the ice is going to be, you're going to start seeing maybe some cooperation between Centauri and Narn, when even that, not long ago, would have been impossible.
5: I just don't think that Londo sees him as an equal, so I don't know how that's going to...
3: He doesn't have to to work with him.
5: Mm, I feel like he I don't might. think he has to. Hmm.
3: And, and they don't have to see each other as equals. They don't have to like each other. But if they're forced to work together and they realize, oh, hey, we may actually be able to work together, then that's a huge step. I mean, that tiny step by itself where they can actually, like, agree to cooperate on something is something that you would never have even fathomed this time last season, right?
5: I just don't think that they're agreeing to work together. I think that they're disagreeing with the plan together. Like, I don't think that either one of them were like, oh, yeah, this That's is great. Disagreeing gonna...
3: Disagree no. together is agreeing, Jesse.
5: <laughs> disagreeing is is not agreeing to work together. It's disagreeing that the plan is a good idea. And that so they're agreeing that it's a terrible idea. Neither one of them said, yeah, no, we're going to be best friends and we're going to work together and take out the best friends. Clearly, they're not going to be best friends. But I don't think either one of them are agreeing to work with the other. And and I, I think, think they're going to
3: have to, though. And And I. I And I think through this whole thing, they're going to have to and they're going to realize it's possible. It's not going to be kumbaya. It's not (gasps) going to be kumbaya. Uh -uh. Trust me, I'm not I'm not under any kind of warped delusion of that. But it's it's still going to be interesting to watch what kind of relationship develops between these two races.
5: So my prediction is it's not possible and they're not going to work together.
3: Okay. And then we can
1: <laughs> we can agree to work.
5: We together can by agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> so are we agreeing or disagreeing? Wow. I don't know.
1: I think all exactly. of us at the viewers have lost
6: track.
2: <laughs> I might be able to <laughs> rein oh, it like, in. I might be able to rein it. Oh, like
6: I just want to fucking okay. okay. say okay, something. Nicole, I'm, I'm watching a woman on Facebook <laughs> make pasta. So oh wow.
1: Nicole, okay. bring it home.
2: So save this. As far as the Londo-Jakar thing, I mean, obviously when Jakar came in the room and saw Londo, he didn't even sit down. He was like, oh, hell no. You know, I do think that there is a lot of hatred. And the thing with them two, there's a lot of complication and history between the relationship. And this might be a hot take and I might be completely wrong. But I think even though there's that tension and, and hatred towards each other in a way, I oddly think they still respect each other. You know what I mean? I think that there's still a level of respect between them that's mutual. And if you look to the fast forward we saw at the end, where Londo says, Jakar, my old friend, please kill me, basically, because he had the keeper. Like, it's almost like they're going to be in each other's lives till the day they die. You know what I mean? In some way, shape or form. So I think that there is a mutual respect between them. But I think that, there's so much hurt and so much shit that went down that obviously they don't like each other. More so Jakar hating Lando. Lando, I think, is indifferent in a way. And I do think Lando to me, in a way, it was a little apparent because obviously, yes, Lando did use Jakar to help kill Cartaja, but also Lando didn't want them to torture Jakar. They did He didn't want them to do all that stuff, and he didn't want them to take his eye. He was he was upset about that. You know what I mean? So I do think there is a form of mutual respect between them in some way. And I, I and again, like I said, hot take. I could be wrong, but. Obviously, they're going to have a lot more interactions and things happen between them, because you see that flash forward where basically they die together, essentially. There's some sort of dynamic between them. And again, also not agreeing that they're going to be buddies or friends in a way. But I do think there is a a little bit of a mutual respect between the two. And I'm anxious to see how that is going to unfold throughout the rest of the show. Jesse.
5: You guys are so much, like, more optimistic than me because I do not believe that there is any mutual respect. I don't think that either one of them respect each other. I don't think that if Londo did respect Jakar, we – I mean, does anybody think back to the day where Jakar was so happy and he went to Londo and was like, oh, my good friend, thank you so much. And he was, like, so happy. And and Londo knew that he had just ordered – the murder of a bunch of Jakar's people like i just don't, i just don't think that if there was any respect for him there that he would have been able to willingly you know employ the the shadows to murder you know how many millions of people like i just i don't see the respecting that you guys do and i would love it if it was but i just don't think it's there nicole to
2: be devil's advocate to that i don't think that Lando respected the Narn as a whole. um, And Lando's always acting to glorify or enlighten or enhance Mm -hmm. the Centauri. Right. So I think in his mind, it was more of a military kind of type decision where, well, that was the casualties that were going to happen. And that was the price that we're going to have to pay in order to move his people along. But I feel like Jakar, the person like himself, I think there is a mutual respect. I don't think he gives a shit about the Narns or the Narn homeworld. And I think he wants, he'll walk on anyone to make the Centauri rise. It doesn't matter who it is. But like, I I'm, think on a personal level, relationship wise, that's just kinda, I, I think Londo looks at specific people a certain way, not necessarily anybody. like, I don't know
5: if that makes sense what
2: I'm trying to say.
5: No, it does. I just don't think that if I had respect for Blake, I'm going to murder his entire family. (laughs) Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying too. Yeah. And kill his parents and his dog. Like, that's just like, if I had any respect for Blake at all, I wouldn't do that. So it's just, it's hard for me to, to click, to, to have the A plus B equals C. Cause you guys are talking about, you know, there is mutual respect, but when you add the plus B, which is killing, you know, millions of Jakar's people, like, then it doesn't equal C in my brain. And I just, I just don't know if I can get there and I'm, it it is, you know, it is what it is, but I feel like if he had any kind of respect for him trying to further your people or not, you would have taken on another colony instead of the guy that you respects the whole entire clan. They said that he's the last one of, of his clan. Right. So the actions of Lando have literally led to the murder of all of his people. I don't know how you can sit there and look him in the eye and say, I still have respect for you as a person. It's it's just like I'm having a hard time connecting the dots.
3: Justin. So I don't think Lando has any respect for the Narn race as a whole. And however, I I'm kind of on the side of Nicole on this in believing that you can whatever you wanna, you know, whenever you deal with any kind of racial supremacy. You can sit there, and I do believe it is possible for you to, even though Londo feels within 100% of his soul that the Centauri are above the Narns racially or whatever you want to call it, he still has a personal identification with Jakar as an individual. And I think that even though he still views himself as above any other Narn in the world, that he views Jakar as probably the best of the Narn race. And I think can still hold a shred of respect for him as an individual, as a fellow warrior, as a fellow statesman, that he would not extend to probably any other Narn that he would ever come in contact with. Now, I also believe to a point, as much as Jakar hates every Centauri, and in, in the galaxy and would, love, and would love nothing more than to see the, the entire Centauri race wiped off the galaxy, even going back to that scene in the elevator where his dream is to one day watch Londo die. I, I still think at the end of the day, as an individual and fellow warrior and fellow statesman, you can have an enemy and still respect them. It's seen in warfare many times throughout human history where Patton and Rommel were animate enemies, diametrically opposed, but they still had respect for each other as warriors and as individuals. And I still think that's kind of the same kind of dichotomy that you're going to see with Londo and Jakar.
5: You have respect for somebody if you would stab them in the eye. Like Probably, if I came in and possibly, killed.
3: Possibly, yes.
5: If I killed both of your cats, do you think that that means that I had respect for you? No, it doesn't. It means I don't respect you or your fucking cats. Let's Fuck leave the cats, your cats out of it. Hey, let's leave the cats <laughs> out of it, okay? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying is if you, I just in my brain, and I see where I see where you guys are coming from. I'm just having a hard time. And it's okay because I don't have to understand everything. I'm not the smartest, as much as I like to act like I am, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I don't have to under, completely understand. But when you talk about respect, Okay, I respect the way that you are a soldier. I respect that you are an officer, but that also means that I'm not going to come in and kill your entire family. Like, to me, that's just me. That's just my own personal beliefs, integrity, morals, all of that stuff. If I respect somebody. but to
1: achieve the military objective,
5: then that means I don't respect you. Fuck you and your cat.
1: Oh. <laughs> so, things we've I'm learned just... <laughs> from this week's episode are Jesse does not know everything. There's no, I the don't.
5: That's okay. If and wants I, to I kill can't, my
1: cat. And keep your pets away from Jessie. because she yeah, no. If you fuck killed fuck. my dog,
5: you don't have any respect for me. That's how this works. Like, if you respected me, you wouldn't, you know, poke my dog in the eye. I just don't. Th- I'm having a hard time A plus B right here, and I and it's okay. That's a me thing, and not a you guys thing. But I just like I don't see ja- I don't see Londo having any respect for Jakar whatsoever. I do. I could see prior to the whole bullshit and all of the... Because th- you guys watched the same seasons as I did. Like, they've tried to kill each other multiple times. I guess, in your theory, they could respect each other, but I feel like if they did, they wouldn't... I don't know. We're moving on.
1: The horse is pretty much paced at this Sorry. point. Sorry. <laughs>
6: yeah, I have to agree with Jesse, because I don't really think they do. I think they both understand that they're stuck dealing with each other in some capacity, whether or not they want to, just because of the history of their people um and that's not something that's going to go away easily or quickly so i feel and i wouldn't even call it a tolerance because they don't really even tolerate each other it's just it really feels like a frustration like i am stuck dealing with this fucker yet again Mm -hmm. it feels like it's just a rehash of that and it's And sometimes it feels like they're just resigned to it. Like I'm not happy about it. I don't like it. I don't like you. I don't respect you. I want you dead. And I will eventually kill you. It's going to right. happen. We've both seen it in some way or form. But yeah, I don't I don't feel like there's any level of respect there. I can see Ooh. that too.
5: The newbies don't agree. Hmm. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, we're all not
6: no. gonna agree
2: all the time. No, we have no, our no. My thoughts just, and you know what I'm, I mean. You. that's you what makes it right. interesting
4: right you have every right to be wrong and yeah, I, always I, I agree that. i could just <laughs> do you think there's <laughs> any change in their in their dynamic since the unfortunateness with cortesia i think so
5: like do do we think that because he saved his life and freed his people all of a sudden they could be in a point where they're respecting each other is that the question? I'm sorry, I just
4: want to make sure. Pretty much. First of all, you know, Jakar's gone through a pretty pretty life-changing, I'll call it an epiphany, and the stuff with Cartasia was pretty uh, pretty amped. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if, if anyone thinks that there's any difference between, based on either or both of those things, that Jakar feels any differently towards Londo or Londo feels any differently towards Jakar?
2: I mean... Lando did keep his promise to Jakar and freed the Narn. Um, So I do think that that was a good move on Lando's part to actually keep his promise. I mean, maybe that would be the only thing I would think. Again, the mutual respect thing, you know what I mean? Like, I think that the fact that he held his word, Jakar respects that. He still hates him and wants to kill him. But he did keep his word and free his people. So I do think that was a turning point for them in a way of like, maybe they could be in the same room and not kill each other if they had to. But obviously they're probably gonna keep their distance from each other. I was gonna use the whole, oh, have you ever had a coworker you don't like? But then, you know, we don't wanna kill our coworkers, but we've all been forced (laughs) to work with people that we cannot fucking stand before and would love to throw their face into a fucking brick wall. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. And you're stuck with people that you don't care for sometimes, you know? I do think maybe Lando keeping his word made the blow a little less severe, if that makes sense in Jakar's mind, but that's just my thoughts.
6: I think Lando keeping his word about freeing the Narn was showed Jakar more about not that Lando is doing it because, you know, it's wrong to colonize and enslave people. Um, it was really just about him wanting power and shit. He also saw the kind of manipulations Londo would go to to get exactly what he wants and he put Jakar in a position to be harmed and manipulated like that so yeah he may have kept his promise to free the Narn but the cost for that was also extremely high
3: I guess really this boils down to and we're kind of noticing the differences with this is the basic philosophical question is can you hate someone but still respect them Hmm. And yeah, some people say no and some people say yes, but it's still a philosophical question as old as time.
6: Personally, I cannot. Ding ding ding. Whereas I think (laughs) I
3: think Nicole, I think Nicole and I still think it's a possibility. Like you can despise somebody and disagree with everything they stand for, but maybe still have a little bit of shred of respect for them.
2: I think in a professional setting, it like I can respect their work ethic, even though they're a cunt. Yeah, sure. You know (laughs) what I mean? But like that's probably about it for me yeah we're talking I, I, uh, about them murdering okay. i know but technically it people. is a professional setting if you but,
3: think about but it yes because from a <laughs> diplomatic standpoint they now have to work together but And Seth, yes you
5: still murdered my entire family you murdered everybody that i've ever loved justin if i kick you in the face nine times and promise you not to do it a 10th does that mean that all of a sudden you respect me? No. You still think you still think back to the last nine times that I've kicked you in the mouth and not You might enjoy that, that though, Jessie. That doesn't no. mean what you I'll say. I'll probably
3: say I mommy. Can you do it one more time?
5: Hi, <laughs> can you kick me harder, please?
3: Thank you, Jesse. Can I have another? Can
5: <laughs> I have another? No. No, but that, you freak. that's I, that, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was never a question. <laughs> oh, we've known that about Justin for twenty years. True, true. Um, no, but that's the thing is like, so Kevin's question is this, does it change anything because he saved his life to me? No, you still killed my whole, listen, we all love our mothers and our fathers. Right. And if you kill my mom and my dad and my sisters, including my dogs, I'm we're done. There's no respect. You're a terrible person. And we're moving on. Like I if just you nuked don't... your
3: entire city. Can you forgive that? Yeah. No.
5: What? Like, and that's the thing is you're you're talking about the difference between professional respect. Yes, I work with this cunt and I can't fucking stand her or him. Um, but can I like respect that they get their work done absolutely but if that same person murders my dog we're done (laughs) i just i just feel like there's like a lack of respect for anybody that will like kill your whole entire like lineage so i don't know it's hard for me
3: i get it now that this
1: horse is atomized
5: (laughs) you want to keep beating it
1: (laughs) no jesse's on the thing tonight so we're just gonna Oh. We're, we're gonna get off this topic because
5: that's like i don't have kids so my ba- my dogs are my babies if you murder my babies yeah. we're we're having a problem can we turn this dead horse into a shish kebab
0: oh, <laughs> god, god damn it,
5: god damn it. Wow. and cue the memes okay do we
1: have uh, anything else we want to get into with this episode or have we thoroughly beat this thing until we cannot go anymore Seeing, well, that's let's that's go good. ahead and jump into our questions and predictions. This is where we give our newbies a chance to offer their questions, predictions, thoughts on what may be coming next. So let's go ahead to Justin as he tries to entertain his cat at the moment and is thoroughly distracted. What? <laughs> questions? Okay, questions. Is it too little too
3: late for this Resistance broadcast to change the hearts and minds of all the Earthicans? That's one of my questions, like... They've spent, ISN has spent a lot of time creating this narrative around how horribly the humans on Babylon 5 are treated and how demented and deranged and being led astray Sheridan is. And he's being manipulated and controlled by all the alien races and everything like that. That now that finally the truth is being pumped out there, is it really going to have an effect? That's the one thing I'm unsure about yet. Question two. Is this telepath syndrome real? And that's one thing that we didn't touch on during our discussion. I was kind of saving it for my questions and predictions. But is this telepath syndrome real? The whole reason why Garibaldi was hired for this little side job in the first place was to protect this little thing in this crystal that they say can help prevent this telepath syndrome of them all going genetically insane or whatever the case may be. Or is is this just a ploy to introduce some kind of disease genetically engineered to attack to attack the telepaths so that leads into predictions prediction number one i think this is a bio bio bioengineered weapon that will target telepaths and william edgars is loyal to and working for earth so i think his whole goal or their whole goal with this whole thing is oh it took them five years five years to develop this thing How long did they actually know that this was going on if it took them this amount of years and half a million credits to develop this quote-unquote cure, when I really think what was transported was actually the disease that is genetically going to target telepaths and try and wipe them out. And I think Edgar's is loyal to and working for Earth. Seeing none, I yield the balance of my time.
5: Jesse. I have no questions. I have questions about Justin, but that doesn't include this. You've
1: um... had questions about <laughs> Justin for 20 goddamn years. I have questions about Justin,
5: so <laughs> if you all
1: ever figure out the answers, let me know.
5: I think my only prediction really is the fact that Ivanova's newscast, I do believe, will be effective. That is one of my predictions. I also believe that um, Jakar is going to murder Londo because he has no respect for him.
6: Emily. All right. I have a few questions. One, does Car still have the pink panties? What the? <laughs> that is a very legitimate question.
5: <laughs> don't ask one. I Inqu- decided to pull that
3: inquiring one out. minds want to know.
5: <laughs> How did we go from this
1: episode to does Jakar still have the pink panties? We
5: never got know. to see anything about them. <laughs> I was promised somebody would tell me who they belong to, and I still haven't found out in
6: season four. Remember right? when we said we
1: had questions about Justin? <laughs>
6: Ding, ding, ding. all right so where is beer and did he actually get married to that bitch mm, like does she come back or did she you know accidentally fall
3: off a cliff you're digging some deep ass questions emily i like <laughs> right.
6: it all right what's Delin up to because you know we haven't seen her and she's supposed to go back home to deal with some shit so what kind of shit is she dealing with it what is the real scam edgars is running with this whole Mars telepath, whatever he's doing, and is Bester involved since it involves telepaths. Is this actually a Bester project that he's been doing on the side? Mm. And I guess just to throw another one, do we get to see Ivanova in any different colored nightgowns? Oh. Like maybe pink. <laughs> Lightly we... sheer.
1: What? So <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a different magazine for that, Justin. You,
5: you right. come and I some can later. I can show you pictures, Justin. I got you. <laughs> but yeah.
1: That, that all you got, Emily?
5: mm mm-hmm.
1: And Nicole?
5: I don't really think I have much.
2: Is Garibaldi actually going to take that job on Mars? Mm. And if he does, is it going to go well? Because right. I predict it's not going to go well. But also, are whoever's on Mars the ones who hypnotized him in the first place? That's my other question. And I think that's all I got.
3: Oh, do you think he's going to go to Mars and doink lease? And that's oh going to cause God. problems?
5: No, yeah, and then the guy's going to kill him.
3: And then, he's yeah, so, so yeah, so, yeah, so he's going to shish kebab lease. And then Bill's going
5: gonna, gonna to shish kebab and, Garibaldi.
3: <laughs> and then Bill's going to try and shish kebab Garibaldi with a knife. And then, yeah, but no. Okay. No,
5: does it make anybody else sad, though, to think about Garibaldi leaving B5? Like, yes. It, it, yeah. Like when he said he was going to take it, I was like, no, you can't like it, B5 is not B5 without Garibaldi. I don't like it. It was like uh, Takashima where you guys all killed my hopes after one one episode yes but what we just love, love it right though i can't wait to hear that beyond the rim when we're all done with this i'm gonna kick every one of your asses i can't wait oh oh
4: after yeah. the gathering yeah that's yeah. gonna be yeah that actually might be the time that jesse ends up getting mad at me because she'll get mad at everybody that's on beyond the rim yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's, what what I, that's my prediction for today
5: Emily was the only voice of reason when she was like, listen, they told you she wasn't going to be here. I don't know why you're mad about it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: I think that wraps up our questions and predictions. This is the part of our show where we are going to take all the newbies, eject them out the airlock. And normally it's the group of first ones that go through their questions and predictions. And tonight it will be Kevin and I doing that. So again, I have been Blake and with me has been Nicole, Justin, Emily, Kevin,
5: and Jesse. (laughs)
1: fucking jesse
5: fucking jesse sorry enjoy talking about the pink panties without us Mm. do you ever notice how i have the best episodes when scott's not around Mm.
3: (laughs) i think we all do because honestly this is what scott gets for not being here is a whole bunch of shit editing that he's gonna have to deal with i can't wait to actually see his comments in the in the group chat about you know What a pain in the ass this episode is going to be to edit. But
0: we
6: miss out on the joy of seeing his face when it happens.
0: Exactly. You know, I get a
6: lot of satisfaction out of that, actually. So
0: I'll be holding auditions for new folks as soon as possible. (laughs) And if you want to help edit these assholes,
5: let me know. I miss Mike being here too, and just shaking his head and being like, "What the fuck did I sign up for here?"
6: (laughs) I know we didn't get to talk about horny Mike this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
5: There's, there's no of being
4: confused.
0: Thank you for listening to Gray Seventeen, a Babylon 5 Podcast. You can find all the places to listen to and watch this podcast at anchor.fm slash gray seventeen podcast or youtube.com at Gray Seventeen Podcast. We want to hear from you, so join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or Patreon. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review where you are listening to or watching this podcast. Gray 17 is not affiliated with and the podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by Warner Brothers or any other owners of the Babylon 5 copyright. All clips included in this podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for purpose of review and no infringement is intended. The opening and closing themes are available from Falling Matter on YouTube. And what's out there? The rim. And beyond that? truth welcome
1: back to beyond the rim for those of you who are not familiar with our show if you have not watched past conflicts of interest now is the time for you to jump off because we are going to go through all of our newbies questions and predictions and we will give answers that will provide spoilers so again if you have not watched past conflicts of interest and don't want spoilers now is the time for you to exit the podcast So, Kevin, let's start off with our newbies' thoughts on Londo and Jakar, because, boy, did we have some thoughts on that this episode. First question we had is, does Londo think he's in charge
4: of Centauri Prime, and is he? Well, he's definitely not in charge of Centauri Prime, and I think he thinks he is, though, uh, at least to an extent. Obviously, the regent um, is in charge at this point, but I don't think that he believes... He definitely doesn't know the region is being controlled, and uh, I think he uh, is under the impression that if he if he gave an order, it would it would happen.
1: Now we also have a lot of discussions around Lando and Jakar viewing each other as equals and whether or not they respect each other, and we're going to see a little bit more of that. This is not a story that's finished between these two. No,
4: yeah, I mean uh, we were DMing during the discussion, and I I brought up you know that. Um, oh just wait for the buddy comedy between these two that is season five it's certainly not the the um you know franklin and and marcus type dynamic uh there's definitely tension but um you know and that tension comes to a comes to a head a couple of times uh one uh pretty big you know event of that is when they find natoth um still imprisoned uh in the Centauri Palace and that really strains the um the detente that they had had going on for a while but I I I think I do think that Londo does respect Jakar um to an extent I don't think that Jakar has anywhere close to the same level of respect for Londo um although things will the the dynamic will change between now and the end of the series uh, a couple of times with that a little bit you know there's that great discussion with the two of them in, in season 5 before he gets before Londo gets the keeper that we've talked about a couple of times mm-hmm. they also predict that you know they'll not be friends. No I don't think they're ever really friends exactly but they certainly do find you know a groove to work together and it's you know it's friendly uh, to an extent but you know are they, are they buddies? No I don't think they're I don't think they're truly buddies. You see this is where I tend to disagree a little bit and I I think they do become friends. Yeah, I think we we see
1: them grow because this is not the Jakar that we had in season one. No, that's a Jakar that has definitely become more of a spiritual person in many ways. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think that he ever forgives Londo for what has happened. Well, he 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 says he does though. He says he does, but I I think on a level though where they Londo said it or Jakar said it best we says you pity these people. Yeah, what they've become. I think he looks at Londo with a certain pity, and I think there is a certain respect and even friendship there, especially as he uh, later will become Londo's bodyguard. Right. And even, you know, to one of the predictions we have is that Jakar will murder Londo because he has no respect for him. I've always said that I have seen that as the last act of friendship of yes. Jakar. Yes. Ending that with Londo.
4: Yes, definitely. That is exactly the opposite of what happens he he kills him because he asks him to you know yeah as a as a friend and and as as an act of a friend so yeah i i see your point i they do really develop uh you know quite an interesting dynamic between now and the end of the series and you're you're probably more right you know on the friend aspect it's still a you know a strained relationship uh, at times and it's it's uh, it's a great one to watch the the acting abilities of the two actors mm-hmm. uh, really develop that over the five-year arc but certainly between now and the end of the series it gets very interesting with them with few exceptions i don't think there's a dynamic of actors that could have made this work right i agree with you as to what these two did Yes, I agree. I mean, the two of them are are absolute heavyweights as far as acting ability and bringing the richness of these characters to life. Um, Certainly, and I'm not dogging either one of them, but certainly I think the acting ability of Andreas is is the one that really drives the dynamic the best because he just he commands every scene he's in and he plays it pitch perfect in almost every circumstance
1: let's move on to our next question which is it too late for the voice of the resistance broadcast to change the hearts and minds on earth
4: well i don't think it's too late i think it's that there's got to be a war that happens that really changes the power structure to an extent I don't think everyone on Earth you know believes that Clark is um, you know a virtuous guy I think there's a lot of people and and Edgars even says this in a in, in an episode or two from now, You know, he talks about how, you know, Clark's, you know, really bad guy got to be stopped, but you got to be smart about how you do it. You can't just go after him. And there's other people I'm sure that feel that way. And Edgar's doesn't really want to risk his business either, which, you know, makes sense for uh, for, from his perspective. But, you know, the the voice of the resistance is definitely going to be effective, but there's going to have to be a lot of other things that that happen um, to come together to get that regime change
1: Well, and i also still go to what i made the comment of last time we talked about voice of the resistance is i i don't know how much its purpose is to change hearts and minds as much as it is to put out there to start coordinating sure. like-minded individuals oh sure uh, coordinating offensives against the regime i think that's a more important aspect honestly sure. than using it for uh messaging purposes yeah absolutely So where's Vera, and did he marry the crazy bitch? Well, no, he did not marry the crazy bitch.
4: Do do they ever... I thought we talked about the fact that they never really established one way or the other. They never really established on screen. Yeah, because he does get married, I'm pretty sure, um, but they never established if it's her or somebody else. Um, I think we even looked after that episode and couldn't find any reference to her at all. Yeah, there was no reference in either the books or the series. Yeah. So who knows, but Veer, Veer will be back, but um, yeah, he's, he's been absent, you know, this middle part of the se- the season, but he'll be coming back. He has an even bigger role in season five. So uh, what is Delenn up to back on Minbar? Stay tuned well, for mis- next week. Yeah, right. Well, and this, you know, this gets into uh, Justin's prediction about there will be a Minbari Civil War. Good job. Nice job. Yeah. Way to go, Justin. Yeah, to to a uh, large extent, yes, that is definitely going to be happening. Is the telepath syndrome real? Oh, definitely. It is certainly Edgar's behind it, and he doesn't like telepaths, doesn't trust them. Kills one of them on, for the most part, on screen, or at least orders it on screen. He makes his uh, opinions on telepaths pretty clear in the next several episodes.
1: Which leads to the question of, is this a Bester project? Which, no, it's not. Ew, well, I would argue this is, the na- this is the reason Garibaldi was messed with. It wasn't to get Sheridan. That's a byproduct. Right. They get Sheridan as a bonus. This gets him in with Edgars so that Bester can get Edgars and put a stop to the virus. Right, right. Uh, is yeah. Garibaldi going to take the job on Mars and will it go well? Yep, he takes the job, and no, it really doesn't.
4: But in the end, he ends up with lease, and he ends up, you know, in partial control of the the Edgar's fortune and Edgar's company. So eventually, it'll go well.
1: Uh, and we even get that monologue with
4: uh, Garibaldi when he gets to Mars about why the hell did I come back here, right? You know, because it it almost feels like in season five, like, well, we don't we don't want to, you know, take Garibaldi out of the story. We don't want to take Jerry Doyle out of the story. But yeah, Garibaldi, he he doesn't really need to be here, but which is, I think, why JMS decides to do the whole falling off the wagon storyline with Mm -hmm. Garibaldi, which. Yeah, if they don't like this storyline, they are not going to like that storyline either. Are the people on Mars the ones who brainwashed Garibaldi? No, no.
1: That'd be Sycor.
4: Yeah, Sycor did that. Bester did that specifically.
1: Okay, so I think that wraps up our questions. Uh, let's take a look at our predictions. I know we've sort of answered a few of these, particularly around Londo and Jakar. Uh, how about Edgar's is loyal to and working for Earth and the disease was engineered by him?
4: Well... No and yes, uh, Edgars is not particularly loyal to Clark. Well, he's definitely not loyal to Clark, but he's he's loyal to, to Earth in the extent that he doesn't want his business to be affected, but he definitely wants uh, Clark out of there. And yes, he definitely uh, engineered the virus.
1: Uh, we already touched on things will not go well for Garibaldi on Mars. Uh, how about Ivanov's broadcast? It'll have a positive effect.
4: Yeah, we kind of mentioned that. Yeah, we talked. It, 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 like you said, Blake, a, a lot of that has to do with, you know, coordination and like-minded people together. It's not so much changing people's minds, but it it probably got people thinking it might have put people on the sidelines or get people from the sidelines onto their side when when the time comes.
1: And for the there's some Membari Civil War coming, again, stay tuned next week.
4: Yeah. Yeah, next week's episode is uh, one of the best of this season, I think. It, it is. I, I love next week's. Um, I will say on
1: this week's, and you and I talked about it briefly in a side chat, is I thought for sure with a telepath virus and some stuff like that, I thought Justin's conspiracy boner was going to go off on this one. Because that boy loves him a conspiracy theory. And yeah. And I'm surprised the tinfoil and strings didn't make a full appearance on this one.
4: Yeah, he just... He must uh, he must just not have had the uh, the red yarn out, but uh, I'm I'm sure there's plenty more time in the the last uh, season and a half to uh, to have the red yarn come back out. Oh, I'm sure he will find a time and a place.
1: Oh yeah. All right. I think that is everything we have for this episode. Again, I've been Blake, and with me has been. I'd be Kevin. Mike and Scott should be back with us next week as we hit the next episode of Babylon 5 and continue our journey through Season 4 as we do a complete rewatch of the series. So make sure to come back and join us next week for Rumors, Bargains, and Lies. Have a good one, everybody.
0: Xadras was quite one in family.
5: (sighs) Fuck you and your cat.